Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host, Fortwined, joined by co-host, Pan. How are you doing tonight? I am fantastic. How are you, Ace? Doing good. Ooh, I am good transition. gradually sobering up from many a sample of alcoholic beverage. Mm. Yeah, we went I... to uh, Craftoberfest tonight in Green Bay, which is basically no Mountain Dew a, a tonight. Constant, a constant sampling of various IPAs and ales and little sips of uh, brandies and things like that. I am shocked. Shocked, I say, that a fine, upstanding citizen of the great state of Wisconsin would allow themselves to be to be in public in such a state. Right. You're telling me? And like, <laughs> it's 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 also a wonder that I'm not just like face down on the floor <laughs> over there for the whole recording. We could just have that be the episode and confuse everyone with special just, guest uh, Ace Basher, <laughs> and then they have to go and look at the actual vod to just see me there. <laughs> And then we could have my fiance have... every like half hour just come and like poke me with a stick. <laughs> no, just, it's just uh, every just once says... in a while there's just incomprehensible mumbling from you. Yeah, I was going to say a little subtitle <laughs> comes up that says muffled noises. <laughs> yeah. Muffled Wisconsin oh, noises. <laughs> muffled Wisconsin noises. Um, but don't you know it's so... cold up here, you know? So for me. Um, I teased this to Pan as we were talking a little before. I had a, an interesting night last night. So this this is a part two of a saga that I didn't know was going to be a thing. So do you remember, Pan, when I talked about that random coworker that messaged me out of the blue and talked to me all night and was like, but I have a boyfriend, so like, da-da-da. And I was like, run! Run! No! I was like, hold on, hold on. I am not expecting anything out of this, but... It got, um, there was a lot, there was like a definitely like, Hey, I have a boyfriend kind of thing, but she's also like, I really don't like him and I don't know what to do about it. And I was just like, run. Oh boy. Dude. And the I didn't stay up to talk to, to them. I was actually talking to someone else at the time. Like my friend, uh, my friend Brian on bickering bucks, him and I were having a, a good, we hadn't talked in a long time. And so we were just up all night talking to each other. But this happened while we were talking. So I was just like, I might as well say something. <laughs> so it was uh, it was an interesting thought. And yes, yeah, I know. There, I, I have no stake in her life. I get it. But it was just it was just weird. Out of the blue again. Hey, hey, Cham, how you doing? I'm like, um, fine, I guess. What's up? And then... <laughs> Reminiscing about a job that she liked that I hated and going from there. And it's just like, okay, this is, this is just the weirdest stuff. And like, I was at no point of being like, oh yeah, no, I, I want to see where this goes. I was all just like, uh, yeah, you probably got to figure that stuff out. Like you, you probably got to. Minus me. Do what you were very muffled, very my, muffled Wisconsin noises. Minus me, <laughs> you can do some inner soul searching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's just I don't mind saying a kind word here and there. Run away, weird. run away, I mean, I and never return. I don't have to. I don't have to. She's two hours away. 
and she only contacts me at two o'clock in the morning every once in a while, and I can just not answer. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, I have to say that like most times at two in the morning, you're already asleep. Yeah, I know. It was just coincidence that I was up that late last night talking to Brian. Mm-hmm. It was just pure coincidence, like the last time, which was like late December. Mm. So, anyways, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, our favorite bosses in games. Um, now, I'm pretty sure that we would, won't have to qualify mini-bosses or final bosses, that kind of stuff. I think we'll just talk about that as we, as we go. Um, and I don't, I don't think, do we really have to qualify what a boss is in a game? Do we, do we really have to do that? I have a uh, one question about about this. Okay. Okay. Um. So, uh, do you know what the TV trope quote the dragon is? No. Okay. It's been a while. Okay. 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 It's been a while. Okay. So, uh, the TV trope the dragon is uh, basically before you fight the main boss of the game. There's like their lieutenant that you have to fight. Uh, the best example of this yeah, that would come off the top of my head would we be. We call it the we call it the mini boss. Yeah. So uh, a good example is like in Star Wars, if the Emperor is the boss, then Darth Vader is the dragon. But you would never call Darth Vader sure. a mini boss. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. So um. Trying to think of other uh, examples in like direct examples in video games. Um, having a hard time um, without a direct, a direct. I don't know his name, but the the Russian with the knife and more in um, uh, Resident Evil Four. So his I, name starts I, with the K. I don't Resident Evil. Um, Kruger, Kieger, something like that. Um. That would be an example of a dragon where he's sort of like, oh, this guy is serious business, and then you fight the final boss. Um, what else can I think? I guess you could say uh, in Iceborne it was Latrion to Fatalis. Yeah. He was the specific lead up to Fatalis. Even though they were separate updates. Okay, so I'm on TV Tropes, uh, the dragon for video games. Now I'm trying to find one that we've all played so I can give an example. But does the sure. dragon count? Or is I would it... say so. Okay. Because uh... you don't have to be the final boss to be a boss. There's stage bosses. There's story bosses. There's... Okay, okay. I mean, Just wanted to make I mean, sure we heck... were clear on that. I would even go as far to say the T-Rexes in EVO are a boss because they play the boss music. Okay. Krauser. Thank you, chat. Krauser. I knew it was okay. Who is who's Jooch Magooch? I don't know. I've never heard Who are you on our Discord? Okay. <laughs> so uh so yeah, we're gonna be talking about our top uh our top bosses. We're gonna do four each. Uh unfortunately Sasha couldn't make it today. She uh she got sick as well. So apparently, Pan and Sasha are just going to trade weeks every other week. Uh, <laughs> Fly monkey. Ah, okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if uh, you told him last week. I lost my voice. I lost my. This is uh, this is my good buddy from the the game store. Oh, sweet. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, so... We're starting the, the blood, Flesh and Blood League together. Nice. Hmm. So, yeah, I lost my voice last week uh, because I had to... I had to record voice lines for a training video for work, and I spent six hours talking to myself. Literally six hours. Yeah, Ow. that's no good. Yeah. So, yeah, it was super fun because uh, I did that on a... It was on a Friday, and I had D, I have D&D on Fridays, and I'm the DM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they, they had this encounter in the Pirate Islands, and uh, I could not do my pirate voice. I tried, I tried like four different times, and my voice cracked like an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> oh man yeah i mean a full day of speaking and then dming on top of that where you have yeah. to be charismatic and it's like showy yar, times. Yar, uh, oh, oh shit that hurt <laughs> you know i don't remember my voice cracking all that much as a teenager i was just awkward in general <laughs> mm-hmm so, anyways, I mean, no, no surprise there. Yeah. So, anyways, that's why I wasn't here last week, um, because uh, the Saturday morning I woke up and I sounded like Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Sasha's also out sick and she's lost her voice as well. I think she said. So let's. Uh, so we decided to pivot on the topic. I know we were going to. Uh, we had talked last week with she when she was here. We we're going to talk about. So we'll do it next week, hopefully, uh, if we can get all four of us. A is uh, game uh, time periods we would like to see more games in, and then probably describe some of those games that we would like to see in those time periods. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be a fun discussion. And um, I think for now on, instead of doing like five each when we do these kind of topics, we're probably going to end up doing three each and then four each. So we're staying at a, at a feasible number of 12. Yes. So we're not running three-hour podcasts. Yes. Which, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the topic, we might be able to do. But not tonight. Tonight, we have other other endeavors. So, I will, uh, we will try to keep it short and, well, not short and sweet, but, I mean, two hours is a solid podcast. So, yeah, I think we have, we have enough time to do that. So, uh, I'm going to change it up, and I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to lead us off tonight. And, uh. I'm going to talk about uh, a boss that is near and dear to a lot of Diablo fans, and that is the Butcher from Diablo 1. Hmm. Um, Before I get into talking about the Butcher, I want to say that I could have personally picked any boss from all three Diablo games, excluding the Butcher in Diablo 3. That is the only boss, in my opinion, in all of the Diablo series that is butchered. No, just done poorly. (coughs) Um, because they're trying too much to harken back to this. Uh, it, it's weird. It's hard to describe Diablo One because Diablo One had scripted uh, random bosses. Mm-hmm. They were not required bosses, mm. but they were story bosses that you would get good loot from if you got them. And the butcher was the first one available. It's funny because a lot of people's first experience with Diablo. It is the butcher uh, the first real like oh no what is this some people didn't have the butcher on their first playthrough depending on how it went because it's random mm-hmm. you could have never seen the skeleton king the only boss that is the only bosses that I believe are 100% guaranteed are Lazarus which is the corrupt priest and Diablo himself hmm. so uh, like I said any one of the other bosses could have been great. There's some great highlights. We talked about Duriel last week, how Duriel 
By the way, Ace, did you get past Duriel yet? Uh, I have not. I have okay. been dragging my toes about starting the second act because I am afraid after the first act. <laughs> oh, boy. Afraid we or anxious? We actually beat the game. One of the two. Johnson, I, Johnson, I beat it on hell mode since mm-hmm. we last talked. So my <laughs> wind druid and his lightning sorceress has become the patriarch and matriarch is the title uh, for beating the game that you get. Nice. First time I've ever done that in Diablo too. Diablo, yeah, I've never, I never beaten Hell Mode until now. So, that being said, I'm, I am going to talk about the Butcher, and uh, there's a wonderful animation by Carbot uh, Studios that perfectly describes almost everyone's experience with the Butcher, where you walk up to this really shady door, and if you look on the maps of Diablo to describe, I don't. Uh, I love Diablo 1, but I'm sure not a lot of people are going to play it. As far as, like, accessibility and ease of use, it's not there. It's a very old game. There's no run speed. It's all walking. Like, it's it's a very clunky game. However, if you are curious, it is available on GOG, and that is the only place that it is available. Um, yes, Pan? Um, a thought just occurred to me, but I'll let you finish your spiel. Okay. So... If you look at the maps and they're drawn isometrically, uh, and then you will see this box on the map that you're like, what is inside of there? And then you open the door and it's the first monster dialogue that you get. Like all the town dialogue is there. It's like, hello. And like, stay a while and listen. Like all the classic stuff from Tristram. Uh, You get Ogden, you get the drunk. You get all sorts of, like, just, like, these personalities. But then you go into the dungeon, and it's just silence, right? There's the, You'll hear monster noises, but you know, no one talks to you in the dungeon until the butcher. And then it is, like, I swear his voice is doubled in volume to everything else. Because you open up that door, and also, let me, let me preface this, everything else is slower than you until mm. now. This is faster than you. (laughs) So you open up the door and this giant fat demon comes out with an eight bloody apron and a giant meat cleaver. And he goes, Oh, fresh meat. And you're like, (gasps) (laughs) and the Carva animation shows the, the, the person jumping off his computer, like throwing something at his computer, breaking it and jumping out the window or something like that. Like just the amount of like fear that is immediate. And it happened to me as a kid. The first time I saw him, I was just like, what? And then he also (laughs) hit stuns you. Anytime he hits you, your, your character will get like, ah, oh, ah, oh, like, you like, he just hits you a lot and then you die. And then if you're not prepared for him, that's what happens. And it's purposely meant to scare you. Diablo one was legitimately scary. And this boss was like, Hey, it's been kind of creepy, uh, creepy up until now, but now we hope you're wearing a diaper because you just shit yourself. Hope you wore your brown pants today. Yep. Wear your brown pants today, Captain. It's going to get rough. Um, nice. This <laughs> boss is forever just like solidified in the Diablo universe and fandom as being one of the most terrifying experiences in a game and also exhilarating when you finally beat him. Mm-hmm. Just like Monster Hunter. Like it's terrifying until you figure out what you're doing, and then it's just exhilarating when you finally best the quote unquote dragon. Yeah. Um, 
And we talked about the concept of a dragon. Uh, an example in Diablo, Lazarus is the dragon to Diablo. You literally fight him like a floor before Diablo's floor. So, and Lazarus is the priest who corrupted uh, everyone and like uh, got all the plans and resurrected Diablo inside of, uh, canonically, your little brother in the game. Your little brother is uh, possessed to be Diablo. Yay! <laughs> So, there we go for uh, for that one, the butcher. I am sorry, my kid is knocking the crap out of my door. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. So I guess Ace, continue with your uh, first one. My number one is from one of my all-time go-to games, Shadow of the Colossus. Um, and for this, I picked just one of my favorite because that is essentially a game where you play against 16 bosses throughout the story um and this one is uh phalanx or phalanx it is basically the giant long ass sky snake that you play against um so like everything about this this boss to me is just like awe-inspiring because it's this tremendous long snake with these fins that just glides through the air and like when you first encounter it uh i just had no clue what the hell i was doing and i was like how am i supposed to beat that i know i'm supposed to stabby stab it with the sword but how and then uh at a certain point it lowers down towards the sand and it dips its fins in the sand and then you see the grooves along the fins, and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to climb on the fins, then jump from the fins onto the body. Jen Moran, or Darren Moran. Close-ish, I would say. It's essentially an Elder Dragon, but not an Elder Dragon. If, you, if he was talking about one of the Morans, you would have heard me through your headphones screaming at him. <laughs> Sorry, are um, you talking about the one in Breath of the Wild? Nope, uh, it is Phalanx, or Phalanx, however you want to pronounce it, from Shadow the Colossus. It is oh, the, okay. the giant Similar sky concept. snake. Yeah, it's the giant sky okay. snake, where its fins dip down into the sand, and then you have to jump off of aggro at the right time, grab onto the fins, climb up, then jump from the fins onto its body, and then stab it in its weak parts, and then you have to repeat the process until you're able to conquer it. Um... Sorry, I had to try to guess. Cece just needed water. So I no, you're good. Of course I she did. Gave her my water. Of course she did. I like, I like this game of ever continuing uh, trying to guess what someone is talk about, talking about or figure out what someone is talking about, whatever, like there's an interruption or going to the bathroom or something like mm-hmm. that. That's always fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just like the scale of like this giant sky snake and then your intro to it is just like... How the fuck do I even? But that's that's oh that's yeah most of the ones that's, in that game. Yeah, that's every boss in that game. How do I what now? <laughs> yeah, and like a, a a list I was looking at earlier for sort of inspiration had mentioned the mm-hmm. final the final Colossi Malice, but I feel I feel like he's a bit too easy because essentially you just have to climb up his whole tower and then just Mm -hmm. not fuck up his hands or wrist area and then you're done so i I don't know 
Yeah, I, his I fight felt very anticlimactic for where he's at. Yeah, in, and like in the the progression. Don't get me wrong. If you if you fuck up getting to him, like like I did without having the invincibility cloak to get like the or whatever it is to get the tokens that I they put in the PS4 remaster, he'll he'll just shoot you to death with his exploding thunderbolts or whatever. But like the first time I beat this back on PS2, I never got hit by those. I was like, they look dangerous, but I I did well enough to avoid them, mm-hmm. and I was just like. Eh, it's probably not a big deal. So when I played it as the remaster on PS3, I let myself get hit and it killed me. And I was like, oh, that's mm. why they're a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in some of my initial playthroughs, like, I'd maybe gotten, like, scuffed by them. But I was usually at the point where I was close enough to roll into, like, the first dugout without incident. But, like, if you try to go for the coin and you just don't have the proper materials, you're... More than likely just gonna get like clusterfucked to, to death. So, unfortunately, that was what happened mm-hmm. one time. So I'm like, all right, I'll just have to wait until I feel like going through and getting the, the cloak or whatever it is to be able to, go and get that coin to get the, new trophy that's part of the game. Mhm. Okay. So Colossi. Mm-hmm. The sand snake. Okay. Is that what he's actually called, too? Phalanx or Phalanx. Oh, okay, Phalanx. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, so, Pan, what's your what's your first boss for the night? Okay, Um. so uh, earlier I stuck up my finger because I had a question. My question is mm-hmm. this. What's our, what is our question? What is our discussion topic? I want you, I, I need specific wording. Our favorite bosses... In games, it's pretty. General. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dargan, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a Tiamat somewhere. Um, I'm sure there's a Tiamat somewhere. I don't. There, there could be one in Neverwinter. Um, I don't know. She's in this book. You fight her at the end. Oh, I know. I know that. Um. I'm trying to think in a video game if she shows up. But yeah, I mean, sure. We didn't say video games even though normally we that's do. That's why I asked. But that's yes. why I asked. Yep. Okay. No, this you're is right. the only D&D bullshit I'm going to pull tonight, by the way. Well, okay. I'd, say, but, I'd say D&D can count because like that that is uh, a type of game where it like takes hours and hours of dedication. It's not just like you pop in and pop out and you're done. So Tiamat. Tiamat, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the queen of evil dragons, um, she she holds a special place in my heart for D and D bosses because she was the boss of my first campaign. The very first D and D campaign I ran was based off of uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen uh, and Rise of Tiamat, which they're two books that came out about mm-hmm. six months after each other. Horde of the Dragon Queen leads right into yep. the adventure Rise of Tiamat. Tiamat is a five-headed dragon goddess who is chained in hell, um, and she she embodies all evil aspects of dragons. Their greed, their taste for destruction, their disdain for all forms of lesser life. And uh, she has been chained in hell for her crimes, and her this evil cult that uh, wants the supremacy of dragons to come to pass is unleashing her upon the world. And if your players fuck up and fail, Tiamat gets released and they have to fight her. 
my players didn't actually fuck up and fail, but uh, I really, really, like, I didn't spend, I didn't spend eight months having them chase down the different masks of the Dragon Queen to not have them fight her. God damn, was it a wonderful fight. Like, they, they were there in the volcano, you know, her five heads are snapping at them. Each head is basically a full-grown dragon unto itself. You know, oh, yeah. they think they've got, they think they're hot shit because, you know, they are immune to fire. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? Her five heads each have a different breath element. The red head is fire, the white head is ice, the blue head is electricity, the green one is poison, and the black one is acid. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, nobody's got all those immunities. Um, By the way, specifically the green one has been traditionally, uh, like green dragons, said as chlorine poison, by the way. So inhalation poison. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. chlorine gas. Yeah. So um yeah, they uh they they fought they fought Tiamat and they they now Tiamat is in a weakened state when she appears. She is not in her full glory, which I'm still salty that Wizards has never post has never like given us a full strength Tiamat stat block. But uh, even Tiamat, and at her weakest, is still basically five dragons mushed into one with five different actions that it can t five turns per round. Um, uh, it that fight oh, yeah. took us an hour and a half, and by God, my players did well. But just as they sealed <laughs> her down to banish her to the depths of hell, she cast one final spell because, of course, she can cast spells. She's a dragon goddess. And. Power word kill. So any any um, creatures within like a hundred feet of her that had less than a hundred points of health were immediately killed and their souls dragged down to hell with her. Yeah, that, no, she can do that. She can just do that. <laughs> yep. And uh, she is the mother of chromatic dragons. Yes. yes. And so, uh, so she dragged one of my players' souls down into hell, which cute, which teed off the next campaign. Um, but Tiamat, Tiamat holds a special place in my heart because she was the first big badass boss that my players ever faced. So, Tiamat yeah. at at the end of Rise of Tiamat. So I, um, Pan, as you know, I have written an ecology on this. Yeah. It was four four years ago, as of August twenty fifth, that I wrote this. And I just I think this quote is fitting. Uh, from not not from well it is I normally put a quote in front of the article and I think I really nailed the the different aspects of Tiamat in this it says power overwhelming cruelty unmatched unflappable confidence uh, confidence sorry unerring intelligence and unstoppable brutality only one being can be described in such a way and to witness this terror is unimaginable and this was said by an ancient gold I was dragon. about to say did you come up with that holy shit. I did, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> That's good. No, that is really good. It took me, it took me six months to write. That this is article. really good. I'm I'm putting that on like a, an ancient stone tablet in my campaign. That is good. That's some good shit. Uh, because in in, in my yeah. D campaign, Tiamat is, it's complicated. Um, the. The dominant religion, uh, the dominant religion venerates the ancient dragons, uh, the ancestors of all dragons. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, Tiamat is called the mother of chromatic dragons, just because the meta the the metallic dragons don't want to admit that. Yeah, the, she's kind of their mom too. 
yeah. sure, in a way. She is she is uh biologically um Eo's daughter mm-hmm. and um uh, Bahamut's sister. Yeah. So they are all yeah. related. Um, yeah, yeah. In my in my setting, uh Io Eo Io uh Io made Bahamut and Tiamat to be the complementary sort of check and balance to each other. And now I was going to say, uh, they're not called Tiamat um, in the Diablo universe, but there is a Tiamat-like being in, Tiam- uh, in Diablo universe. So, Tiamat, yes. I, I can dive into that if we want. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Tiamat uh, is an ancient Babylonian goddess of chaos and destruction and uh, rebirth. Uh, and she was a dragon. Mm-hmm. She was a dragon, and basically... Um, she was like the dra- yeah, she was the dragon and she ruled over all the other gods with kind of an iron fist. And her I want to say grandson or great-grandson Marduk, who was later uh became the Babylonian god of the sun, uh killed her and mounted her head on the wall and whatever and then brought forth the age of the true gods. Not a, not mm. unlike sort of Zeus okay. and uh his dad basically. Similar story. So well, Tiamat, Tiamat's an ancient Babylonian goddess uh, who was a dragon. Right, and, and Diablo does a lot of pulling from similar sources, as as does D and D. And uh, in in Diablo, there was uh, they, they it's, she's actually the dragon is actually part of the creation story uh, because the whole existence existed in one being called Anu, and Anu from himself was both good and evil and everything in the universe. And to, so in order to become a perfect being, he dispelled all evil from himself. And that evil like that was dispelled, yes, <laughs> became the seven-headed dragon. And, um, well, in, in the Diablo universe, it's seven. Yeah, but it would be like Tiamat. And the they fought for centuries. They've killed each other in a final blow. And the the dragon fell to the ground and spawned the hells and hit and a news body became the heavens. And that's why they're in eternal conflict, the hells and the heavens. And, and that's what all of Diablo's story uh, revolves around as they call it the eternal conflict. The seven heads became the seven prime evils, the, the three prime and the four lesser evils, uh, which are Diablo, Mephisto and Baal, the, the prime. And then, uh, cool. Um, Asmodan, Belial, Duriel, and Indariel, uh, which you see two of those in Diablo 2. So I, I don't know. Tiamat is really cool. Um, you, you see references to her in a lot of different games of, like, you know, multi-headed dragons and all that kind of stuff. Quintessential enemy. And, you know, even if we're not specifically talking about a video game character, this thing has inspired many video game characters. Many dragons. I think, Pan, um, you're going to enjoy my Bahamut article coming out. There is a lot of stuff about Tiamat in there. Um, and I have rethought my idea of how dragons came to be because of this article. Huh. Well, I am interested. So I'm hoping it works out. But I said this six months ago to you as well. Yeah, so. you did. <laughs> yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll so get So what there. do you got? <laughs> What's your number two? Um, so my number two, I'm going to go to Monster Hunter. 
And <clears> I've <throat> talked about this story several times. My favorite boss from Monster Hunter is Atul Ka, the praying mantis. The pra- what, you, I do. Have you I ever do. fought Atul Ka? You know what? I, 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 like, I like that there's a praying mantis Monster Hunter thing. But you know what? I really fucking hate monster hunter fights where you you have to like have your timing absolutely perfect on the ballista you have to go and load five bajillion little cannonballs into the cannon i hate as much as i really like the sieges in uh monster hunter rise i really hate sort of scripted monster fights oh yeah this isn't that fight i mean there's no there's no artillery or anything you fight with your weapon against there is but you don't have to use it it's all like incidental stuff that you can use but like everyone just goes gung-ho and like attacks the monster straight on i mean i mean this is probably part of the problem with uh playing with randos and before i had a group to monster hunter with but every time i fought adel i just felt like i had no idea what the fuck i was doing and I was just constantly getting webbed, and people were yelling at me, and I had to get, and they were like, "Get on the ballista!" And I'm like, "Okay, I'll get on the ballista." And I just had no idea what I was doing, so I grew to resent the Adelkoff fight. Ballista isn't even that necessary. Just, just ignore them next time. All you got to do is just hit the praying mantis when it's in mantis form. I don't. Then you go and hit the toes until it like staggers. Then you climb up. Then you hit the weak points. You get over to See, the. See, I didn't know this shit. The I didn't know this shit. <laughs> and also, you mm-hmm. know, I don't play Monster Hunter with randos anymore. So play you got us. us. There's several like, of us that can play. Just like shoot yeah. us, shoot us messages. I like. I'm always down well, to play with you. You can talk about how great the Adelkoff fight is and how I've missed out. So go for it. <laughs> well, a yes, I do like praying mantises as well. Um, my favorite Decepticon from Beast Wars was the praying no, mantis. No, we totally need an orchid mantis. It was the, yeah, yeah, and. That's one of the few things I like about Animal Crossing is catching bugs, but and fishing. But bug catcher champ. <laughs> yay! I'm doing it again in uh, Pearl, and uh, I'm getting Diamond. I think I don't. I don't know which one I'm getting. <laughs> I don't know. One of the two. The girls are getting one of each. I know which one they're getting. I don't know which one I'm getting. But yeah, so I love the Praying Mantis uh, design. I love it when we do alternative creatures as monsters uh, instead of our typical wyverns or dragons even though i very much enjoy dragons and wyverns um the praying mantis was a nice aside um it's probably one of the most exhilarating boss fights i've had in uh monster hunter i would say the only thing that was uh less the, the the only thing that was on this level of satisfying to beat when we finally did it was fatalis in iceborne um, I would say Iceborne's Fatalis is actually much harder than the original Fatalis, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Adokaw, with my, I've told you guys this story before. Um, you know, I, I had a good big crowd of people around to, to see me finish the fight, uh, with my grandmother and my parents and my brother. And, uh, I do believe it was my brother's girlfriend at the time was there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like it was just, everyone just decided to sit down and watch me fight this thing. And I beat it with like no health, no potions and like under 10 seconds left on the timer. And it was just like, holy cow. And I've defeated it a couple times since, and it's always been a fun fight. 
I particularly don't care for the um, when it makes itself into a giant mech. The first time you see it, it's a pretty big spectacle and it's interesting. The actual mechanics of taking it down are not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fight when you're in mantis mode is amazing, and that's what I feel a boss shite, a boss boss <laughs> shite, boss fight should be <laughs> in Monster Hunter. Is you are fighting the monster toe to toe. This is actually something that's going to come up a lot. This is something that that is a pet peeve of mine in video games is when you spend your whole game playing one way and the final boss says, we're going to play a different way. Instead of it being a test of your knowledge, it's suddenly we're going to flip the script. I like I and, like how you incidentally came up with an insult for Alaka there. Bastard shite. <laughs> with your bust shite. <laughs> I agree with you, 420. Yes. I agree. Uh, the, the boss fight, the, the best boss fights are the, the culmination of the skills that you have built up Right, right. Um, and I just, as far as final bosses go, it's my favorite. I would have said Dire Morales before this. I don't know, Ace, if you've gotten to Dire Morales yet. That's the three ultimate end boss. I have not. We we need to sit down and get me through those G-rank quests until Dude, I can get I, there. I, I will get there eventually. I have put myself in such a gaming backlog right now that... I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm still continuing to play Diablo 2, because oh. I just I told I talked to Pan about this. I picked up this game called Succubus. I had no idea what I was in for. Um, it's in the name. Okay. To be fair, I thought it was going to be cool to be like, hey, let's rip and tear as a succubus killing the other demons, which is what it is. However, I did not expect to be um, in a game that had so much nudity. I was <laughs> shocked. <laughs> yes, yes, Ace. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of backlog, mine ever, ever swelling in addition to getting Diablo. <laughs> uh, Thursday, picked up Back for Blood. So I got How did that. you get it? The, the street date is Tuesday. I've been and- over this. GameStop, I had it pre-ordered. So they just released it early because you had it look, pre-ordered. Look, it's in Wisconsin. Yeah, the GameStop manager was drunk. Sure, why not? I don't uh, care. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday and is then, the release date. I do then, not have that yet. And then today, in a in a mad dash, literally forty minutes before we started recording, went and picked up my pre-ordered copy of Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Whoa! Whoa, 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 what? whoa. There's a Switch Doki whoa. Doki? Yeah. Pull up. And it comes with like a little business Time card out. thing. Meta, Metaverse Enterprises. Time out. And then it comes with like a little card for your own like literature club membership. Um, that shit's rad. And then it's even got, it's got like a little, uh, got a little poem also, in it too. Put it, put it in the record. Ace did not time out. Ace did no. not time out. No, we're just. We're just... <laughs> then it's got stickers, Bro. and then it's got these little, little uh, character cue cards. They're like little stand things time out. too. Time out. Pause. Oh Pause. Ace, just chill for a second. <laughs> this is not your grandpa's Nintendo. They're letting, they're letting Doki Doki Literature Club on their flagship console. What oh, the yeah. hell? Oh yeah. 
They also have two oh two did, leisure shoot. Did Larry Nintendo games on suddenly it. decide they wanted money? I mean, they've always wanted. Money, I, I think. Like, I think. I think. Well, okay. Let's let's be fair, right? They have tried to do it their own way several times. I mean, nothing about Mad World can be said that it is not violent on mm-hmm. the Wii. However, however, it just they wanted to do it their own way. They're just now embracing these other companies that do these kind of games because they're starting to branch out, including Doki Doki Literature Club, which is insane. I will never yeah. play that game. I have seen it front to back. Well, this one uh, comes thanks with to YouTube. Uh, six new side stories. Uh, it came with a a uh, DLC code for the soundtrack, which I obviously didn't show for reasons of I want that oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Got a, like a bunch of images to unlock. So, like, yeah, there's okay. there's interesting new stuff besides Dude. just the main story that fucks so with your head. So that completely. is an awesome set of like nice stuff to get for buying the the physical version. It really is, mm-hmm. and maybe that should be a topic sometime, but we do got to move along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and All I was right, going to say, I also two. picked up Dread. I picked up Dread, I picked up so many other things, and I could, Tales of Aria on the PS5, I, I've got so many things to play. So, so. Ace, what's your next boss? All right. Number My two. Number two, not only because I like the whole assassin for hire and is a morally gray character but because it was also requested separately by both my stepson and my fiance to beat deathstroke from arkham origins he is a set i from what i remember he is the first boss that you face in that game uh and there's sort of like a pattern that you have to get down with fighting him and if you can't, you're in for a bad time because he will just continuously mock you Ball, throughout time. the whole entire thing, being like, huh, I expected more from the Dark Knight. Yeah, but that's Wade. Wow. Yeah, but that's Slade I could tell Wilson. What you were Not going Wade to Wilson, do. Slade Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like quippy, quippy remarks, he's just like, ha, I expected better. Ha, I anticipated your move before you did it. And it's just like, shut the fuck I, up. I am. I, and, uh, to my husband's great consternation, because he's a comics nerd, uh, I am constantly mixing up Slade Wilson and Wade Wilson's names. To be fair, to I mean, be fair, Deadpool was made as a parody of Deathstroke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And I yeah, love them both. Yeah, no, they're both like, wonderful and unique and beautiful snowflakes. But I just, I'm constantly mixing them up. But, yeah, but that's just Slade Wilson. I feel like, I feel like... I feel I just, like Deadpool is a little bit more of a beautiful snowflake. I mean, so you can well, only yeah. get off to unicorns. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, you weren't supposed was, to see uh, that. Um, I, yeah, and I mean, oh boy. Nope, nope, not gonna touch it. Not gonna touch it. <laughs> there's, a, there's some kind of infamous. There's an infamous plot line uh, with Slade and uh, a 14 year old from the 1970s. I mean, everything mm. about the 1970s is kind of sus in one yeah, way no, or another. Um, yeah, there's there's kind of an infamous plot, comic book history plot line with him. Moving on, continue about sla- continue about Deathstroke <laughs> in uh, in that Batman game. Well, not just in that game, but like also, I wish they'd sort of done him justice in um, Arkham Knight because 
like Slade Wilson is known for being an assassin and being like a completely skilled martial artist, like on par with, you know, Batman. Batman. And in yeah. and in Arkham Knight, like with a lot of aspects of that game, here's looking at you, Riddler. Riddler fucking racetracks. <laughs> they put an over reliance on using the fucking Batmobile and the tank mode in that, and his boss fight in that is just like a fucking tank mission, where you have to sneak around, find the right angle. Weaken the tank, then destroy it or disable it, and then you pull him out. And it's just like, are we are we not actually gonna fight? I'm I'm, I'm just apprehending you like that. Nothing. That that's it. Like, all right, your joyride is over. To prison you go. That's an excellent Batman and that, voice. That's it. <laughs> I've I've had years. Where of is she? Yeah. I've had, Why did you I've say had years that of experience name? between the the. Uh, Christian Bale Batman. I had still and then yet the, uh, to see that movie. And then the yeah. Pete Holmes Batman ones. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen those ones? No. Oh, uh, no. you need to look them up. The Batman. Uh, there's like the one where uh, he gets sprayed in the face by uh, Scarecrow, and he's like, "Girl Scouts." Oh. Invisalign braces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did a bunch of X Men parodies that I fucking love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. My favorite was yes! the Wolverine one. Wolverine, I'd like I'm going to prescribe you an antipsychotic I'd like you to take. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah, that guy. Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah, I he's the him. guy who's like, here, I'll show you my real mutant power, Wolverine. Bub. Fuck you. Oh no, look out. Magneto is attacking us with rudimentary science. Yes. He does, uh... God, yes. He does say bub a lot in those cartoons. Holy cow. Dude, you haven't read the comics. Mm -hmm. It's like... Mm -mm. I have not. Okay, you don't watch anime. You don't watch anime. So I was gonna say, it's like a verbal tick in anime, but worse. Okay, but, um... Like, uh, what, what is it that Believe Naruto it. says? Or Believe Dante it. Bio, Believe depending it. on there which you version go. you watch. It's my ninja but, um, way! So, but, I mean, in a lot another... of English translations, they give the protagonist some kind of verbal tick, because if he says it a lot, then they can match his lip flaps to whatever he was saying in Japanese. So if he's constantly saying, Believe it, mm. then they can just throw in a Believe it when they need to give him more lip flaps. That's why they do mm. that. I but... Mean, also, another shameless game. That is absolutely yeah. genius. That's why that they do that. That's why they genius. do that. But anyways, but but <laughs> oh, Wolverine wow. says "bub" more often than some anime protagonist with a fucking lips. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Much I remember to a point it from where the cartoons. They do it a lot in the cartoons. The Saturday much to the point where they used to do. Game, game Grumps again in another Game Grumps plug. In one of their playthroughs where they were doing like a Wolverine or an X-Men game. Bub. They, they, just, yeah. they just did they just did that word. Bub, 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 I'm going bu- to yeah. bub him with my bub, bub. Hey, bub. What are you doing, bub? They just couldn't. Yep. Like every other word was just bub over this. and over. Bub. Using it as an adjective, as a verb, as a noun. So it's like the f bomb. All right. Yeah, essentially. Well, I've I've come up with a with a new way. I could say the f bomb. I now like to say feck, and so I'm I'm telling my brother to feck f all the time, and I love it. What are you, Marshall Matters? Fun fact. 
I don't know, but it was fun. Fun fact, uh, my son called one of his daycare teachers the B word. And the thing is, we have never never used the B word as an insult around him. It's just never something, like we have, we have certainly used the B, accidentally used the B word around him. We've never used it as an insult. Like son of a bitch, yeah. So we're like, we are so sorry he said that to you. We will make him apologize, but we we have no idea where he heard that or where he got the idea to say that to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he got mm-hmm. he got a big time out at daycare and then he got a big time out at home. <laughs> so that's a fun thing we're working through. I told you about Did did <laughs> I tell you about when Emery told uh Kathy he's he's going to she's going to yes. drink her blood yes. to get her power? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh god. Boy. That's horrifying. That was an angry so, phone call. Um, and then I, I was going to add in also, like, here I am trying to uh, blackmail my sep- stepson with, like, 20 to $50 to say fuck one time. And he won't do it. Oh, you see, that's because it's ingrained. He's such a it's good kid. This has been an ongoing at, thing. At three, he, it's just another word that people say. At, mm-hmm, at yeah. However old your stepson is, I'm assuming at least nine. I've seen pictures. I don't actually know. Uh, he's yeah. 11. I don't know how old kids are. <laughs> and I've tried both, like, when we're just here, when we're out with the grandparents, everything. He just won't do it. Well, treasure that time because, you know what, eventually he's going to hit puberty and then, you know, it's he's going to start saying it. Or his friends will hit puberty. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's oh, so up. there's a real quick a story, a side <clears throat> story about my brother cussing. Real, real quick. So they – both him and my dad have ter- terrible road rage. Just terrible. Absolutely terrible okay. road rage. And they're both upset. They're more like if I'm driving and I get cut off, they cuss them out. And I'm like, guys, he probably was just in a hurry. Let's, let's just move on. Um, so they get cut off. And and uh, this is before I lived here. And um, <laughs> Chance was like, oh, fuck these fucking fuckers <laughs> is like what he said. And then. Dad was like, "Oh, that's hilarious! I got to use that." So he's he's just like, "Oh yeah, I know. We're that's just the way my dad is, right?" So, so they're at home, and Dad jokingly looks at Chauncey and like he's like, "Hey, fuck these fucking fuckers, right?" And then my mom was like, "How dare you say that to our son and teaching him those ways and stuff?" And my dad was like, "But it was his idea. It was his thing." <laughs> Usually how that's it goes. Perfect. One hundred percent. Oh, boy. That that's it. I just real quick. So so pan. Uh, are we on your number, number two? two? We're gonna have to speed through the next several. Um, yep. Hey, what? No, this is if, if you finish. This is halfway, and we're just now hitting okay. an hour of recording. So, so. Uh, just real quick. I, I said that now. Real quick. If you guys had to guess, <laughs> if each of you had to guess something that's on my boss list, just based on the video games I play, what would you guess? Artax? I don't, I don't know that. I, know I don't know what you're well, talking about, so Fort I... One. Isn't Artax the name of the dragon in Skyrim? Alduin. Artax Alduin. is the name of the horse that dies in Neverending Story. <gasps> I, yeah, I heard that on a po- podcast Dude, recently. That's why it's worse I said in the book. Artax. Yeah. He... <coughs> He can oh, talk know. in the book, and it's basically a, it's basically an allegory for suicide from depression. 
Oh no. He. Well, yes, because yeah. it's the Swamp yeah. of Sorrows. And as he's yeah. like sinking into yeah. sadness, he is apologizing to his master for the pain that his death will cause his master. Yeah. Oh no. And his ma- and Atreyu All is like desperately. Right. Well, I gotta go. Atreyu is desperately <laughs> trying to drag him up out of the mud of sadness, and Arte- it's just hopeless. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a super allegory mm-hmm. for depression, and uh, my twelve year old ass was not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I was not either. Oh no, I'm talking about the book. It. I watched the uh, I watched the I movie re- when I was like three. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, uh, I remember being young. Go ahead. I have no idea. I was thinking the dragon. uh, Pokemon Crystal. Oh. Yeah. It would be red. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing with red. You can steamroll through most trainers in the Pokemon games by by having an element balance team. There is no trainer before mm-hmm. or since, well, maybe one or two, but there are a few trainers before or since who actually work to create a, uh, a, an element balance team that's also, like, high level. I, I did a little clicking mm-hmm. around on Cerebi, and according to Cerebi, Red, uh, out of every trainer in all of Pokemon, has the highest, uh, like, level score of all his Pokemon. Like, if you add, like, all the levels of all his Pokemon together, that number is bigger than any other trainer. Well, isn't he also one of the very few that actually have yes. six as well? Most, yes, a lot of trainers only have four or five. And most of the Elite Four only have five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the champion typically has six. Yeah, yes. because he's a rival and he just continues to get more yes, and more. Yes, the champion and more. also typically right. has a somewhat element balanced team, but not always. Um, right. Screw that Raticate. Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> the Raticate disappears after the SSN, sorry. so whatever. Um, and that's what you see yes. in Lavender Town. Uh, but, uh, for example, Cynthia, who was the champion in. I want to say she's the champion in Emerald, but she's not the champion in Ruby Sapphire. But I could be wrong on that. So Cynthia, her her sure. team's theme is fossils. Like all her Pokemon are fossil Pokemon. So she's got like rock mm-hmm. subtypes. So you know you can just kick the shit out of her with with a couple of water and ice types. Um, mm-hmm. so, but most of the champions have some kind of like a little bit of a element balance or element balance is what i'm going to say but red not only is he element balanced but he's got some of the top tier pokemon for their elements as of crystal you know since crystal you know those pokemon have been like beaten out of the top tiers well does doesn't he have the original three starters as doesn't he has charizard blastoise and venusaur yes and he has Yes. And they're tan- they're all tanky. Yes. Like At the all time, three of them. Uh although Charizard did have flying type back like in Crystal, he did have flying type. Back when Charizard was only fire type, like that that was god awful. Once he gained flying type and thus mm-hmm. in thus vulnerability double vulnerability to rock and vulnerability to electricity and he lost his immunity to ice. Like it made him a lot more easy to take on. But he has Charizard, mm-hmm. Blastoise and Venusaur. He has Snorlax, which at the time had the highest HP pool of any Pokemon. 
Crystal Generation. That's right, and they got that off the an- they got that off the anime yeah. too. So Snorlax has the highest mm-hmm. HP pool of any Pokemon. Um, then he has Espeon, which Psychic type was goddamn broken back then. <laughs> it was busted for a yeah. long time. It it took them introducing dark. what was it was it dark dragon type. or dark? The dark, dark. type uh, was introduced to counter the Psychic type. But Espeon, Espeon, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. Holy shit. Oh, it was Fairy to Counteract Dragon. Yeah, Fairy dragon. Counteract That's Dragon, right. and that was the last type that was added. But that was uh, in the XY generations. That was well after Crystal. And Sure, yeah, no. I was just... I yeah, was and of course fairy, he has that smug-ass Pikachu. Which is... <laughs> uh, it was level... Isn't it like 81. level 70? Oh, jeez. Yeah, level I forgot 81, about that. and it had Thunderbolt, which was the most powerful attack in the game. Basically for a long ass time. Pikachu, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it had yeah. Uh at, Red was unfucking stoppable. And I remember the the first time I rolled up on his ass, my heart skipped some beats. I went Oh my god, oh my god, is that him? Is that him? Oh my god, am I about mm-hmm. to fight him? Am I gonna Is that me? I'm gonna That's save. what I thought. Is, I'm gonna is save. that me? My ass is gonna save right now, yeah. so I saved because you don't you don't step up on yeah. a legendary Pokemon or someone like that without saving. Oh yeah, so no. I saved. Yeah, and he doesn't even di- he doesn't even say anything. It's just five little dots, and then. Yep. <laughs> he's a uh, he's the source of many creepy oh, of pastas. But yeah, Red from Pokemon Crystal. God damn, what a boss fight! Also, like another reason why I read. Red and, uh, as I'm going to call him, Gary, have appeared in uh, subsequent games. Gary actually appears in a lot of subsequent games. He's in, um, he appears in XY. Uh, you know, if you go to, um, this sort of battle tower and, uh, you fight like ten, you get ten victories in a row at the battle tower, you fight a random boss. One of the random bosses you can fight at the battle tower is Gary. Yeah, you can fight Gary Oak. So that's cool, but um, I think Red has also made similar cameos. I forget, but um, yeah, just that that fight against Red well, and he's, Crystal. He's... It is the hardest Pokemon fight, bar none. See, so, so yeah, Red. Okay. And I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna tap out real quick. Uh, what's your, what's your creature or your boss, real quick? What's the name? Oh, before before I go, the guardian ape. Okay, I definitely have nothing to say about that, so I'm gonna go real quick. Uh. So, this is gonna start up a theme of my my last second half today of mm-hmm. boss with bosses with fake outs that actually work. Um. So, uh, to describe guardian ape, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with guardian ape who have played Sekiro because Dark Souls and the Soulsborns are wildly popular although i think not as many people like sekiro which is funny because that's the one i like the most but oh i liked it plenty i think i like it more than dark souls not more than bloodborne though because i really like the well Gothic victorian theme for me in a, in, a, in a game full of humanoid or mm-hmm. humanish at least um enemies um all very unique, Stupid. all very interesting. 
There, there's, there's of course the snake that isn't human. There's the mm-hmm. weird locusts that aren't. But you know, a majority of your bosses are going to be humanoid in this right. game. And um, Guardian Ape, it's like, holy cow, this is a tough fight because it mm-hmm. doesn't work like the other fights. Like it took a long time for me to take this thing down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gotta run, gotta get in, gotta hit, gotta run, gotta get in, get you know get hit but if you go too far away he starts throwing stuff at you mm-hmm. and like it's just a rough fight like it and, and i'm not even talking about phase two yet and mm-hmm. i kind of want to save phase two until pan gets back because i wanted to describe to her what happens <clears throat> in phase two so oh, i know what happens with phase two <laughs> it so, is uh, terrifying but, but 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 to keep things rolling phase two knocked me off my shoes like as far as like oh man i love this fight then phase two happens and i'm like what the crap now i had (laughs) liked sekiro like as i was playing through this Mm -hmm. fight in particular sold me on this game Mm -hmm. and this is where a lot of the mechanics even though it isn't actually i would say uh ishin is it the one who does like the big sweeping arcs, you got to fight him in an enclosed space. Is that Ishin or is Ishin the last boss? I'm not sure. I haven't actually gotten that far in Sekiro. Oh, okay. There's a boss that you have to fight in an enclosed space that mm-hmm. um, uh, Ishin is last. Okay, yes. Uh, and yeah, this this, this uh, chat would know would know. We've talked very much about this particular game. Um, but I can't remember his name, but he's, uh, he just did like a normal dude in a enclosed room. It's towards the end of the game. And he really teaches you, this is where you have to start learning to counter and block. Like this is, Mm -hmm. this is what we want to teach you. This is what we want to do. Now I will say that guardian ape and, um, the demon of hatred in particular do not fit the rest of the game's style. I would say, mm-hmm. um, and I would I would basically call the Demon of Hatred uh, the Pan's Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, it is only unlockable until like just before the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as far as like what we were talking about, like like final bosses that break the mold, this does something different where these are not necessarily optional bosses that break the mold, but they're ones along the way that break the mold but teach you better about the mold because they've broken it. And I think that was more interesting than anything. And now what I wanted to say, Panda, I wanted to make sure you heard this part. I know you don't haven't played Sekiro, but just the, the idea of what happens here. So uh, like so the Guardian Ape is this giant, we're talking like King Kong sized ape. We're not we're not talking the modern King Kong. We're talking like Peter Jackson's King Kong maybe. 25, 30 feet tall, something like that. And uh, he has a bunch of swords in his neck. I'm looking at it now. As uh, it took me a long time to defeat him, you defeat him, you get this cutscene where you grab the swords, finish the job, and decapitate him. You're like, yay, job is done. It stands up and picks up its head like a lantern. And then it does one of the few deadliest things in the game called fear. 
And fear is a status effect that once it builds up all the way, so you take fear damage up through a bar, you just die. You die of a heart attack or whatever. You can't, like, you just die. It's an auto-kill. There's no blocking it. There's nothing. You mm -hmm. basically just have to get out of the range. The, the, the juxtaposition of what you normally do in the game, which is a lot of blocking and a lot of reflecting attacks and a lot of that kind of thing, versus a more Monster Hunter dodge style of, of fight than this avoidance, like, hit and run that you have to do with the Guardian Ape's second form was actually really cool and it sold me on the game because I was like, I appreciate the blocking. I appreciate that I can. And there are certain things that you can block and reflect on the Guardian Ape, especially in the first form. But um, this fight, the surprise of it picking up its head and then the head wailing at you and, and causing a fear status, which is the first time I believe you mm -hmm. see it in the game, uh, and then you just die, was just like, jaw-dropping to me this is this is what solidified and i that year i know you guys weren't on the podcast uh, at that time neither of you two were um that was why that that was my that game of the year is a lot because of this boss fight um and you know in just the uh just the general mechanics of the game as well so that is boss fight number three for me um Guardian Eight. So, mm -hmm. uh, what about what about you, Ace? Number three. Number three is also gonna be from a Soulsborne style game, uh, mm -hmm. from Bloodborne. It's the Shadow of Yarnum. It is the uh, essentially three Nazgul-looking motherfuckers that mm -hmm. you essentially have to work on distancing yourself and managing which one you're attacking at any given time um, and then they can also spawn giant snakes to come out and attack you along with uh, casting if I remember correctly fire spells too um, so it's a really interesting very dynamic fight that is sort of always changing because you're always having to keep an eye out for what is directly in front of you and also, what is behind you and mm -hmm. anywhere around you, basically. There's a similar fight called the Three Kings and Demon Souls. Hmm. Um, they th that is a that is a theme in, in many fights where you have like multiple enemies and they could come from any direction. So you're like, how do I get them down? One of the strategies is actually group the three of them up and sort of button mash to get sort of stun lock them and mm -hmm. get a bunch of damage in. Um, but yeah, yeah, that is, uh, I don't think I fought that one in Bloodborne. I don't actually don't remember where I stopped playing on Bloodborne, but it mm -hmm. was, I believe before that fight. Yeah. Cause you encounter them in, I think it's called the forbidden forest where you also encounter like the, uh, I forget exactly what they're called, but they're like basically little hydra nests. And it's like, if you had a bowl of spaghetti, but then the spaghetti was just a cluster of snakes all wound mm -hmm. in together. Yep. I went through that area, at least. Yes, Pan? That's what snakes look like when they're getting it on. I mean, I mean, that that's entirely what it could be. You wouldn't have. Unless if you could actually see the models as it was constructed. That's entirely what it so, could be. 
Just a cluster of snakes. Yeah. Um, garter snakes are kind of infamous for it, but yes. Uh, whenever the, the females smell a certain way, um, when they're ready to get it on, and every male in like a 20-mile radius can smell it, and they all just like swarm her. Huddle let's, up. Let's garter snake and get it on. Yeah. Snake pile. Back to the snake pile, boys. That's a South Park reference. There's a, there's a, a fun one. There's a, there, there's a picture of it in uh, planning. But yeah, it's basically like a bowl of spaghetti, but snakes. Mm. Yep. Mm. So I'm, yeah. There's a so, real uh, world, there's a real world in, so, inspiration for that one. Mm-hmm. I will say, um... There, there was a funny line I didn't know. So, like I, I've been saying, uh, I, I played the druid in Diablo Two. Mm-hmm. There's a funny line that the druid says when you <clears throat> en- enter the Valley of, of Snakes or the Serpent Temple, one of the two. And he says, "Oh, snakes! God, I hate snakes." And I'm like, "You're a druid. What's wrong with snakes?" And I was just, I was just <laughs> like, I never seen that because I never got a druid that far. And I was like, "Huh? Why does he hate snakes?" <laughs> I mean, snakes have always been villainized and bastardized throughout history. That's why I wrote that thing about in defense of the yawn tea. Yep. Yep. Which I totally am taking for, I did take for my yawn tea. Most of, most of people's fears and reservations about snakes are centered around the misunderstanding and mishandling of snakes a lot of the time. I'm the first person to rush to the defense of snakes, I w- but there is evidence for fear of snakes being instinctive in humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, and if cats. You see, if you see one with a triangular-shaped head or a pointed no, head, no, no. generally you should stay like, the fuck uh, away. And then... No, there's, like, psychological studies where, like, pe- or, like scientists, like, fake out babies with, like, rubber snakes. Like, mm-hmm. babies who could have, like, never seen snakes. God... Scientists are yeah, dicks. But they, that's, how, that's, how you, that's how you figure out if humans have an instinctive fear of something. You get a baby and you throw something I at it. I get it. I baby tested, just, owner approved. Oh, the idea. All right, there's a there's an ongoing joke with me and the girls that I think babies are ugly, right? I, mean, I just they say are. babies are ugly. I mean, it's not really a joke for me. I uh, most of the time. And they're like, but did you think I was ugly as a baby? And I'll be like, no, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you're universally ugly unless they're yours. And then in which case they're ugly, but, you you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's yours. Now, I mean, I really don't think all babies are ugly. I have seen some terrible looking babies before. But yeah. I don't I don't actually feel that. But it's there's a level of hey let's do an experiment on a baby that just like doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> I I mean I think that what if I hadn't been a father that may not have struck such a chord with me. But you're like oh yeah we threw snakes at baby rubber snakes at babies to see that they cried. I'm like that's that's a little mean, isn't it? Like <laughs> I mean, it's just a little mean. I mean I saw a statistic or something like that that was saying like a lot of newborns instinctively know how to swim and I'd, I'm just like 
I don't want to know if that's true, and I don't want to know how they found out if that is true. Let's just not throw I, the baby I've heard, in the pool. I, there are baby <laughs> yes, swimming classes, and, and that's why. No, yeah, they, I know. they are effective. Yeah. Um, where you can, you can. This this was not chucking the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, no, thing. there there are ways to like train a toddler to <laughs> no, flip himself on his back, because like humans humans are buoyant yeah. if they like spread their legs and breathe slow. So there are ways to train your toddler to spread their legs and arms and breathe slow if they ever fall in the water. And then that gives you time to go no, scoop the toddler no, out of the pool. No, I know there are classes. That's the point of that. I'm just I'm just dramatic because it's sort of like it's sort of like the. Uh, who is the first person to think of drinking cow oh, yeah, milk? Yeah. Type let's thing. go let's go who squeeze is, this cow and drink first, whatever comes first out. Person. Let's, let's who is the first person to test tits. if a baby could float in water by itself? And it's not a witch die. baby. Burn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean I I I used to think about so I I for a long time I was a brass instrument player and, and like along those lines I was like who thought to have come up with this instrument? This is a very old instrument, especially the trumpet. It's like, hey, we have the bugle. I understand that. That's just a straight tube, right? And then and then you just stretch it and turn it and turn it. And it's like, hey, we got a French yo. horn. Or stretch it and turn it and back and forth. And that's a trumpet. And I'm like, yo, why? I know this. So yeah. first horns, yeah. like they make them out of a, a hollow cow's horn. And they go. And then. Mm-hmm. Or yes. conches. My yes. tribe used conches. And then as, uh, as they mm-hmm. learned metalworking, they're like, hey, you know what? This horn, the, we, you know, these horns, they don't stand the test of time. Every 10 years or so, they crack and break, and then we got to find a new horn. What if we made one out of metal? Hey, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So then they made a metal one where, the, you know, it was uh, heirloom quality, and, you know, they didn't have to replace it every 10 years. So they made a metal one, and then over sure. time, over, like, hundreds and thousands of years they figured out the best metals and they figured out ways of like stretching it and turning it to make it make better sounds hmm. i get it i mean i i, I get that there's a pro- gradual the very... progression there but you look at a trumpet and you're like how did we get from bugle to this like or, or, or like not bugle because bugles are also twisted but you know what i mean like you see them in like shrek where they yeah. just have like the yeah they start with they started trying to make like a metal cow horn Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or like a like a sheep's horn. You know how sheep have curly horns and they blow through that. Yeah, they just mm-hmm. started trying. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just started trying to make those out of metal. So uh, a a little bit of inside baseball on, on my uh, growing up in the tribe camp days. Um, they used to have. So I I played trumpet a lot. Obviously, my uh, late grandfather was first chair in three different orchestras for cornet, which is a smaller trumpet. Um, and, uh, they, we had a conch that you would blow into at camp at Shawnee camp and, uh, you would blow into it for dinner. So like people were all around the campgrounds and someone would blow into it and they figured out, Oh, oh Chan plays trumpet. Why don't we have him do it? And I was like, I did it the first time. And it was it like, I swear. I felt like I was in Lord of the Rings. It was like, <laughs> it was like, that is so loud. Holy cow. <laughs> it was like. I don't want to stop doing this. What is, this is what is the thing Gondor is calling for yes, aid or something? Yes, Gondor like calls that. for aid, and <laughs> Rohan shall answer. That's the fires. Same thing. Whatever, we could change it up. Ad-lib. Okay. <laughs> Ad lib, motherfucker. Now, when they show up on the horizon, that is the horn that happens, and they're like, <gasps> "They're here!" God damn. Like, 
what is that noise? And then the orcs are like, what? By the way, I, I, as I, I said, you know, ages ago, I, I still watching that movie in 4K was amazing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Man. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to go on about this. I'm going to get back on topic. My third boss. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My third boss uh, is Naburu from Ocarina of Time. Naburu. I'm trying. Naburu. Uh, uh, Which one is that? I'll I'll, I'll explain. Okay, so, you know, you got your various elemental temples in Ocarina of Time. Okay, so the spirit temple. The spirit temple is extra fun because you have to go to. So this is Bongo, right? Bongo? No, what? Bongo. No, no, no. Bongo Bongo was. uh, Bongo Bongo is the boss of the Shadow Temple. Oh, spirit. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So the spirit temple, that's the one out in the desert. Um, the fun thing about the spirit temple is that you have to visit it as child link and adult link to beat it. You have to, you have to do. This is the no, creepy one. No, no, no. That's one. shadow temple. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, darn no, it. Shadow temple remember. has the thing where you approach the wall and goddamn, do I need to incorporate this into D and D, but you approach the door and a ghost like comes shrieking out of the wall at you and says, Shadow Temple, the place where Hyrule's bloody past has been sealed away. Because, And that's mm-hmm. why it's full of zombies and angry ghosts, because every like bad thing that the rulers of Hyrule have done has been sealed away in the Shadow Temple. So it's mm. it, the Shadow Temple is basically like an abscess in Hyrule. Yuck. Yeah. So I, I'm... Okay, so I'm very confused. I'm very confused about no. Is that's not the the twins? That witches, is that is right? where you fight the twin witches. They are the ultimate boss of that okay. temple. Twin Rova. Yes, that is the ultimate boss of the spirit okay. temple. Naburu is the dragon. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So spirit temple. It's out in the desert. You have to uh, you have to do some bullshit with the Gerudo tribe, who are the all female Amazons in the desert. And they are sworn mm-hmm. loyal to the one and only male that's ever born among them. Ugh. That's a little cringy. But. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. So Naburu would have been queen of the Gerudo if she had not happened to have been born during the generation where the one male born among the Gerudo was born. So she fucking hates Ganondorf. Ganondorf. Whatever. Ganondorf. So. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Naburu. Um. You go to the spirit temple, and at, as a kid link, going through the spirit temple, Naburu helps you, and she's like, hey, I'll do something great for you if you just help me out in the spirit temple, and you go and get this thing. I'm a grown-up. I can't fit through this crack in the wall. You're a little kid. You go do it. Gosh, why have I forgotten about her entirely? Wow. I remember this now yeah. that you're saying so, this. Okay, so little go link ahead. goes through all these adventures in the spirit temple, and he gets the thing at the end. And just as he's going up, running up to Naburu to give her the thing, the two witches who are like Ganondorf's uh, stepmoms, uh, they're like, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're betraying Ganondorf. We're going to imprison you. And then she disappears. <laughs> and then you're like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. But what you have to do is you go back to the spirit temple as adult Link, and then there's new encounters. Then you go through the spirit temple as adult mm-hmm. Link, and then you have to go back in time and solve some other puzzles as little Link, and then go forward in time, solves more puzzles as big Link, switch back and forth a bunch of times. 
you eventually get through the spirit temple and you fight the boss as adult link and it's um mm -hmm. it's a dark knight which is a, like a super armored guy in art uh that you can only hit him in the back and he's got a giant halberd with a huge range of attack that can basically hit your hitbox from like half the screen away it's it's kind of a tough fight yeah and this is this is a callback because Zelda, uh, the original one, and Link to the Past had yes. these enemies. The dark, yeah, the dark yeah. Knights. Yeah, so this is yeah. the Dark Knight, and it's it's a tough fight. But you eventually, you know, you you beat the Dark Knight every time you injure him severely. Part of his armor falls off, and also Navi tells you, you know, refers to Dark Knight as him. So you're fighting him, you're fighting him, you're fighting him, and you mm -hmm. finally hack off the last piece of armor, and it's Naboru, who has been mind controlled by those witches. For the last seven years. And yeah. she and she's like, oh God, Link, I'm so sorry. I tried to stop. Ah! And then the witches mind control her again and whisk her away. So then you got to go fight the witches. Mm -hmm. But it's just such a mind blow. That mm -hmm. uh, that was Noboru that you were fighting. Because she was, she was a bro. She was trying to help you and everything. She's apparently... I mean... Later on, when you you know you beat Twin Rova and Noboru is revealed to be the the Sage of the Spirit. Um, yes, I do remember she was the yes, Sage she, for yes, sure. Yes, she yeah. was the Sage of Spirit. Um, she says a line. Wow, I didn't know you would grow up to be such a handsome man. I should have kept my promise from all those years ago. I don't remember that. Her promise. promise was to do something very nice for Link if she would go get a thing. I'm missing this. It's, what am I missing? <laughs> <laughs> she, what? <laughs> she promised to do something very nice for him, and then later, after she learned what a handsome hunk she, he turned into. She regretted not fulfilling Is it a like sex a, thing. Just okay, I guess. I thought she was just <laughs> going to kiss him. Is 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 all? But I, you, you know, know, it's Nintendo. It, it could have been. It could have been. You know what? It's the thing is the fans have made a whole thing out of it. Sure, I I could yep. see. Yeah, very nice for him. It's also very problematic though. Yeah, as a reward, I will give my body. Yeah, that's that's problematic as well. Yeah. I I mean. <laughs> Oh well. Our discussion last Sorry. week. Sorry, we that one. On that, too. that one just went whoosh over my head, and I was just like, "I don't what." Very nice for him. I, well, I'm missing anyways, this. the the fight against Noboru is very satisfying. It's a very tough fight, and then it's kind of a mind screw that uh that it's actually Noboru that you've been fighting, and that she's been mind controlled by those witches for the last seven years while Link has been fucking around and sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I, but that's always a thing uh, with Legend of Zelda that I, that I take for granted is like almost every girl wants Link, especially in Ocarina of Time. Like Saria didn't. There and then Saria always wanted to be his friend. Sure, I mean, there's always that first one that friend zones <laughs> you. That's a thing. But the the um, <laughs> the. Uh, no, because, like, I remember Rudo. there's a, um, like, Rudo, and then he just, like, takes a couple steps back, and then you hear the quintessential, yeah. wow, of Link. Uh, the, the episode that you missed where we talked about silent protagonists, I, I talked a lot about Link. 
I was there for yeah. I was there. Were for you that. here? Was it? Was it? I keep. Yeah. Sorry, I got you and Sasha mixed up. Uh, I think all four of us one. were actually yeah. there for that one. Did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we specifically had we've. Uh, my brain's messed up. Yeah, because I was talking about my my Zelda uh, comic books. Yes, you were, and how much he talks. Yeah, I remember now. Yes. Um, it's still on my desk from back so, then. So, anyways. But I feel like that scene happens more than once in Ocarina of Time, where they're like, oh, you're such a cute boy. Um, also, the the witch uh, in the lake house talks about how cute you are. There's... Yeah, there's so many that do that. But, like, that's kind of been a thing in Zelda in general. Everyone's like, oh, look how handsome Link is. It's like, oh, boy. It feels I mean, feels like my least favorite trope in anime, which is the harem one. I, just, I mean, in <laughs> Breath of the Wild, there's the big bosom fairy ladies that are just kissy oh, lips. Dude. And they're, just suck him down into the ground and he screams. Oh, jeez, are they? I, yeah, I've, that's the one I never they're got pretty to. Bad Majora's yeah. Mask. I mean, they own, they're pretty bad in Majora's Mask. Ugh. Okay. And then you've also got, you know, the the, the lineage of fish people loving Link uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, fish people love them some, uh, some blonde <laughs> elves. Just, just the Game yep. Grumps playthrough. But of which countless one? generations of Zora have made this all armor for the ones they are chosen to marry. You bitch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so our uh, our final final bosses to talk about tonight. Um, a large part, not all, but a large part of why I chose this final final boss for me, and this is the final boss. Um, and I'm going to put this in the Discord chat, is this very soundtrack, uh, which I will put in the pod chat so people can listen to it on the Discord. And this is the final theme to Donkey Kong Country and the King K. Rule fight. Now, this... Oh, boy. Yep, there is... Right before the <laughs> the Great Fairy in N64 gloriness... Um, but uh, so the the Donkey Kong Country uh, King K rule fight was it was like a culmination of your skills, right? This is like one of the your Donkey Kong platforming skills are coming to a test. You got to dodge King K rule. You got to dodge his crown. You got to dodge. You got to basically you're waiting for him to have thrown his crown, his bald head to be safe to jump on, and then you defeat him after three or five bunks. Right, and he goes onk 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 and falls on the ground, and you're like, cool. And then it's got this like piratey, like she sea shanty thing going on, like da 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 if you miss a couple cycles, it won't match up right well. But if you're playing it right, this actually matches up with the music. Where if you beat them, and it, the sound drops, like the sound, mm-hmm. the, the music kind of drops, and it gets the you get to this more like rocky <coughs> thing, like dun 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 dun, and then 
it mm-hmm. builds up and it's got like the da da and it starts getting more rocky and stuff because King K. Rool fakes you out where mm-hmm. the credits come up, but credits are spelled with a K. The producer is like King K. Rule. And if you're actually reading the credits, like all of the credits, like producer and stuff, or like Kremlin, Conk, like all the bad guys <laughs> as the names of the different things. Mm-hmm. And then he's then he has the the Rambi sound of the rhino, like <laughs> and he gets up. And then it's like the fight is like on and you're on this rock song. Gosh. Like it gives me chills thinking about that music with that fight. Like that, mm-hmm. the the way that the music and that fight fits so well, and is also this this challenging. Like, now granted, when I say challenging, I was in first grade when this game came out, right? And I beat it in first grade. So, for me, this was like a big childhood thing for me. I was actually my daughter's age right now. Um, I don't think she she gets too frustrated with platforms. I don't think she could do it at her age. She's more Minecraft speed. But um, she like the 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 game was cemented into my memory in both this and the end credits song. And I would say that this fight in particular is what made me notice music in games and actually appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like it was a very quintessential fight for me and i had beaten games before and i had been like um i and i i I would say that i had beat super mario world before this and i love super mario world's end theme as well and i still love that theme to this day but um and pan i think you've even seen the video where my daughters were really young dancing to it i think i've showed you that before. i have seen that um yeah and uh like gosh emery was barely walking at that time and Mm -hmm. um uh, and I noticed, and I love that song, but this this is like awakened the love of video game music for in me. This song, and I go back to this one and the the ending uh, theme of the of Donkey Kong Country very often. Um, and I would say probably in my younger days, this is my most impactful game. And this boss fight, and the music, and everything coming together was was like the best. And that's actually why I save this one for last because it is my to this day favorite boss fight is King K. Rool in Donkey Kong Country. There you go. Game's amazing, and if you've never played it, you really should. I played it back in the day. All right. It holds up. It's free on Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, yeah! So, with save states, if you like that. Um... One of my favorite, I don't know if you guys watch Arlo. Arlo is a YouTuber who is like a Muppet who does Nintendo stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite videos of his is he talks about when Donkey Kong Country came out on the Nintendo Switch, uh, like Super NES Online, uh, like included package. And he does this hilarious laugh because he's like, and Nintendo can't stop me from save stating Donkey Kong. And he goes, <laughs> like a hyper, like high pitched like giggle mm-hmm. and i just it it broke me i was yeah. laughing for weeks weeks over that thing oh man but yeah i love this game i love this boss i love this music and it all comes together in a very satisfying way i would say in overall the boss isn't really that difficult but then again i'm decent at platformers so that that is a subjective term so there you go that's my final one king k rule 
in Donkey Kong Country 1 because he's the, the boss of every single Donkey Kong since Donkey Kong Country. So, to be fair. To be fair. Although, uh, honorable mention, a boxing match with King Carol in Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! But uh, uh, so Ace, what's your final one tonight? My final one is the final fight that capped off every Monster Hunter player's Iceborne experience, and that would be the Fatalis fight. Uh, I I almost picked that over Autocar. I almost did. Just just everything about the fight, it a brought Fatalis into. I would say its own league and brought it back into like being that actual tremendous presence that you're actually fearful to fight. Uh, and then really be yeah, for me at least just my opinion. Okay. I felt it was always there, but that just might be a monster hunter one thing for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it was definitely a force to be reckoned with, but like it didn't really do too much in the old games as a, as compared to what it does now. Um, I disagree. I disagree. You know that snap and drag that it does and people are like, holy crap, I can't get out of you know, where he drops down and does the snake. That mm. was always a thing in the old games. And this mm. is why people refused to fight it as Blade Masters a lot of the time. People required you to be gunners or you were kicked out of the room. Like, the, it had a reputation in, in Monster Hunter 1. I think it got a little bit of a disreputation in... Um, for ultimate though, because for ultimate it was sort of a side boss, and you had they didn't really update it to sort of handle mm-hmm. the new mechanics as well. Yeah, and then and then B, it also like sort of reclaimed like the the final boss levels, like the final end game of Iceborne too, because it didn't have those sort of time restrictions that the uh, a Latrion fight had with the uh, DPS checks that you had to get through. It's just a straight mm-hmm. through fight that you have to uh, give it your all for and actually like go full Survive. full full force and be like able to know its tells and its movements. And then once you get to the point where you actually do the Dragonator and proof of a hero comes and it it's just the perfect culmination of like that entire it's a classic game it's me. a classic monster hunter moment to dragonator leo or fatalis even that's always been a thing proof of mm-hmm. a hero is what happens when you use that dragonator yeah. Oh, yeah and just like just like the like even just even if you're not able to complete it after dragonatoring it it's still it still feels like a worthwhile fight and it doesn't feel like you're in a mad dash like the Alatrion fight trying mm. desperately to beat it it feel like every every single loss that i've had against fatalis in iceborne i've been like ah oh, fuck we were so close or like ah oh, we'll do better next time with like Alatrion, it's like well god damn it all right mm-hmm. i guess we'll run it again ah oh, fuck we fucked up again all right run it again i will say uh to their credit in rise all Mother Narwa feels pretty epic as well for a final mm-hmm. boss fight. Um, it took Pan joining Chauncey and I for us to beat it. We actually failed our first attempt. 
So Pan joined us, and the three of us fought, and we're like, wait, what's Magnamalo doing here? Why is Magnamalo here? <laughs> yes. Magnamalo, you Another bitch, what are you doing here? Yeah. I'm here to Holy help cow. you. You fuck. Take it. Um, but yeah. Fa- it's like Fatalis, Vegeta showing just... up. Yeah. yeah. Vegeta showing up at the last minute to uh, mm-hmm. do a, to help do a big bang attack to sort of sort of cripple Cell just long enough for Gohan to give it that final push. Yeah. But That's yeah. a better reference than Frieza, because he just dies in the Frieza saga. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does have that fake out, and then ultimately creates his own doing with his own hubris, but oh well. Yeah. When when don't the Dragon Ball Z villains do that? Yeah. I don't know. I I I, I don't know. Um, I'll say that, uh, I mean, Goku versus Beerus, I think it was a pretty solid straight-up fight. And even in the end, Goku Mm -hmm. didn't even really win. Beerus just kind of got hungry and bored. Well, I I wouldn't say that Beerus is necessarily a villain. I would just say he's, like, a neutral, doesn't care either way. But if you fuck up, then he'll he'll definitely fuck up your shit and your world. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like... Frieza, Cell, Boo are just like, I want to take over and destroy everything. Because I'm bad. I legitimately do not know Boo's um, motivations. He doesn't. You just don't. To turn, he's, he's, to turn everyone into chocolate. He's a force of nature. He's not a villain. He's a force mm-hmm. of nature. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess that's fair because he does have good and bad sides that detach from himself and then yeah. there's uh if if you want to if you want to uh be hated you can also then bring up uh baby from gt <laughs> we do not talk about gt no are yes. you sure i've never seen i've never we do seen not talk GT. about gt All I know to the grand had- tool grand tool Bro, they had to Super the Saiyan to Four Monkey Mode. Super, oh. Super is so good. Super is so good. We can just forget it that the GT ever was a thing. We can forget it happened. Look, it was a bad time in everyone's lives. We can just if we can just all move on and forget it. Look, there's no need to archive it on the internet. Just let all the torrents of it die. You know what? <laughs> Give us a couple generations. I... We can just scrub Dragon Ball GT from human consciousness. It could just be the side story to the series. You know, at the very least, at the very least, the <sighs> shitty live-action movie. The shitty live-action movie inspired Toriyama. Shut your... No, listen, listen. The shitty live-action movie inspired Akira Toriyama to make Dragon Ball Super. No. No. Fine, I will let you have GT, but we never, never Good. bring up DVD. Good came out of... Good Fuck came that. out of it. Good came out of it because Akira Toriyama was not going to make any more Dragon Ball until he saw how shitty that movie was, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can make a better one." And then he did, and then they spun off Dragon Ball Super from that. Excuse us, Fortuan. We're weaving out. We're weaving out. I thought it was G. I liked. That he was I liked Dragon Spy, Ball. No, Dragon Ball is I mean, great. Dragon I Ball have... is great. Dragon Ball Z is uh is 
I meant Dragon Ball Z. I okay. never watched a Dragon lot of Ball Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is pretty Ball. great. Dragon Ball Z <clears throat> is the shonen. Um, yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball GT is a cancer that we do not speak of. Dragon Ball Super is wonderful and amazing, and it turns Vegeta into a real character. I have seen stuff no, about Vegeta, that. Yes. Vegeta already but no, was but a Vegeta's character. wonderful in Super. He is. He's a good husband. He's he everything. He's everything that Goku isn't. Yeah. And that's the that's the wonderful thing about Vegeta's character is that he is so busy trying to catch up to Goku, but at the same time he's not compromising where Goku <coughs> compromises, and his family is better for it. And Vegeta doesn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but he's he was already a character. Right. I mean, he's my favorite character because he has one of the best arcs, well, like in the well, series. Goku's just always the good, and Vegeta, like, struggles with who he originally was and struggles with that coming back. Right. Do I have a favorite but, character in that In series? Super, it's it's fascinating that Vegeta is so hung up about becoming the better Saiyan uh, than Goku that he doesn't realize that he's a much better man than Goku is. I mean, that's not hard to do when, like... It, Goku's been like an absentee parent for a lot of his kids' lives. Like okay, to l- let me in defense of Goku, he is literally saving the universe constantly. All right, he's, I mean, he's got true, but like he, he's got. But I I like that. Dragon he Ball is a father abridged. in the downtime. They show much how much he is a father to <laughs> Gohan earlier in downtime. It's like when Go. Like early Dragon Ball Z, he's very much yes, involved. Early Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Early, but everything just so keeps everything it. keeps escalating and up to there. Like, I can't I can't speak for much because I have not I've seen it, but I do not remember anything in, past the beginning of the Android in, saga. In the very end well. of Dragon Ball Z so, at, at, in late Dragon Ball Z, Gohan does not does not dress like his dad. Gohan dresses like Piccolo. Mm-hmm. I know. I would and say I think Piccolo is my favorite character. And um, between the the <laughs> Frieza saga and the Cell saga, Goku specifically does not come back. Yeah. Like, he is alive. He survived Namek, but he does not come back for a long time. And then... So he could train. Sort of, sort of understandably at the end of the Cell Saga, he also doesn't come back. Even though, arguably, his son needs him during those tentative years. But, I mean, he is keeping the planet safe by staying away. So, Um, at the end of the Cell Saga, Toriyama's original vision was that he was going to make a new series where Gohan was the new Superman in in charge of protecting the planet. But then executive... Mm -hmm. Yeah, called the Saiyaman well, Saga. No, I uh, loved executive it. meddling was uh, was like, <laughs> no, you can't make a Dragon Ball series without Goku in it. And so he mm, had to scrap yeah. the whole idea of Gohan being the new the new Goku. But yeah, right. And that's yeah. why Gohan's Which, potential yeah, was that's never why. realized. It's because yeah. uh, it's because the the people at uh, corporate, yeah, meddling, corporate meddling you've thwarted us so, again. Right, and they turn him into such a dink in the subsequent series. Okay, we are we are so like, wildly off topic saga. and I have ten minutes before I have to cut you guys off. <laughs> I would love to discuss this another night. 
but we can't. They make them into such we a can't dink. right now, uh, because we got ten minutes. Uh, so I'm going to talk about my final boss. I what I, I I've been debating mm-hmm. for the last half hour to discuss either Shigaru Magala or uh, the other one. I'm going to go with the other. Excuse me. I'm going to go with the other one. Shigaru Magala is great, but you know what? I like this other boss fight better. What? Shiggy. Yeah. I call him Shiggy. Shiggy or Shaggy. Shaggy yeah. Maggie. Okay, so uh, in Hades, Theseus and the Minotaur. Because, one, that's a fucking hilarious pair-up. For the play, for the people who played Hades... I've not gotten that far for yet. The people, really? I'm sorry. I, I've beaten it. I'm trying to... Re- well... Theseus and the Minotaur is not a spoiler yeah. boss, necessarily, yeah, so but, you're fine. Um, for, for the people who weren't paying attention throughout Hades, or for people who play Hades and aren't into Greek mythology or know nothing about Greek mythology, Theseus is the Greek hero who killed the Minotaur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, yes. that's what I was thinking. And also, yeah. like, it's, it's revisited. Right. It's, it's discussed at length in the course of Hades if you get to know the Minotaur. Uh, Asterius. Yeah. Um, but it's just such a fucking hilarious matchup. And Theseus, you, you start to hate his stupid fucking smug face with his... And his bronze-oiled mm-hmm. chest and all mm-hmm. that. And the Minotaur is like, Theseus, just shut up and let's fight him again. And he's like, what? Ho! Yep. You foe. And he is just so self-righteous. It hurts. And you just you just want to beat his yep. fucking face in because he thinks he's just so wonderful and awesome and beautiful. And you think you think by the end when, uh, when you, after you get spoilers to happen and spoilers, uh, spoilers comes back and all this other spoiler stuff that Ace hasn't gotten to yet... You'd think after this sort of the singularity point of the story that Theseus would get off your nuts. But he doesn't! No. He's so self righteous. He doesn't doesn't even believe you that the plot has happened. Nope. He's like, Impossible! You're a fiend and a cur. Die. Like. (laughs) I pretty frequently beat the Harveys. They're not really an issue for me. Um. I still so oh God. someone Wait struggle have with the bone hydra. Oh yeah, yeah, I know it's it's coming eventually. Uh, bone hydra, I still somewhat struggle with, and then uh, I've gotten to the minotaur only once, or that first minotaur or whatever, and died pretty quickly thereafter, just because I already had low health and had used all my uh, circumvent death. Don't don't make look me for, want to play this game no, again. You just I look for Patroclus. Patroclus will give you all your death defies back. It's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I've seen it. I always just end up being a dingus and spending all my money before. No, no, I no. Patroclus gives it to you that. for free. He's just like, oh, you you yeah. look hurt. Here, drink this potion that will give you all your death defies back. I'm Patroclus mm-hmm. and I'm depressed because these because I'm afraid that Achilles doesn't love me anymore. But he do. But he do, and that's wonderful. I have not seen yeah. this person. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that is that is wonderful. That is a wonderful story to go through. Patroclus, reuniting Patroclus and Achilles. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. getting back to Theseus and the Minotaur, like, like we said earlier, a boss fight should be the culmination of everything you've learned. And, god damn, mm-hmm. if it isn't a culmination of everything you learned, and then when you get Theseus to half health, he reveals his true form, and you're like, oh, Shit, of course he does that. Do you want me to just spoil it for Ace? He explodes. 
He explodes. I, I know mean, that. It's not that big. He gets of a mad. And I when know you get that. Theseus down to half health, he invokes a god, and then the god uses its power on you. And it's uh, through through hundreds of uh, runs between me and my husband. And I'm sure we can confirm this by googling it. But uh, whichever god that Theseus summons is always a god that you do not have a favor from. So, like, mm. if you've never gotten a favor from Demeter, he will summon Demeter. If you've never gotten a favor from Dionysus, he will summon Dionysus on your ass. Get you drunk off your ass. And it, I I feel it's near impossible to get every god yeah. in, no, one, there, in no, one run, No, there is always one so. god that never shows up in a given run. It, like, yeah. it's always set that yeah. way. There's always one god that doesn't show up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because you'd be like, okay, I want to increase my... Nope, it's not yep. here this time. So yeah, Damn Theseus it. and the Minotaur. It's it's a fantastic fight. It's a culmination of every everything you've learned. Um, the thing is, is that like I rank Theseus and the Minotaur above fighting Hades because of course mm -hmm. you're gonna fight Hades when you get up at the end. Like you were mm -hmm. expecting that, you know. You know, honestly, in the I pit mean, of my stomach, you know. What? Well, go ahead. I mean, that's yeah. the name of the game. I would expect that he would be a boss at some point. Yeah, no. I love, I love the banter between him and Hades, especially after spoiler. Oh spoiler. yes, yes, especially after spoiler happens. Yeah, it's great. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to use it as an adjective. I once, love, honestly. I love. I, did, I love I, at I one point because every time you go to fight Hades, he throws his cloak off his back and it burns to ash. He's like, "Father, are you, are you going to burn another one of your cloaks?" You just silence your insolence, you pathetic whelp, and then they, you, then you fight. Eventually, <laughs> you you know you unlock access to different parts of hate of uh, the dimension of Hades, not Hades himself, but the dimension of Hades, mm -hmm. and you can go mm -hmm. into your dad's bedroom, and you look in his closet, and it's all cloaks. He says, "Cloaks, only cloaks." I knew it. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, mm -hmm. I love the Theseus and Minotaur fight. It's wonderful. I do like how you're constantly goading the Minotaur to you. Like, like, why do you hang out with this asshole? And he's just like, but we're friends. He, he is the only one. <laughs> you he don't understand. He truly understands me and accepts me. Also, you know what? Theseus is probably Boom. a great guy if he doesn't think you're a cur. Mm -hmm. Probably not. I mean... I disagree. Oh no, he's probably <laughs> like a bit of a douche, but he's probably he's probably a yeah. decent guy, at least decent. If he doesn't think you're a hellspawn. Yeah, he might treat you yeah, a lot he's, better. Because he's yeah. he's a Greek knight in shining armor. They didn't have shining armor in the Bronze Age. He's a he's a he's a Greek knight in the shining yes. codpiece. No, 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 just shining. <laughs> Because his pectorals are actually, his pecs yeah. are actually shiny. Oh, He's boy. got better pecs than they Johnny are. Bravo. Hey, that's saying something. Check <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love yeah. Johnny Bravo. God, I want a Johnny Bravo game. Johnny Bravo so has bad. not necessarily aged well. I know this, but they actually show it as him being a womanizer, and they beat That's him up true. all the time. So I, I think, I think it it would do fine because all of the women think he is just terrible in every <laughs> episode. 
So, like, I think it would do fine because it, it, it points out how just shallow he thinks of people in give the show a, already. Give me a Courage the Cowardly Dog horror game. I think there was one. I think there was. There's a couple Samurai Jack games, actually, too. Mm-hmm. All right. I have one. You uh, got three minutes. Start wrapping it up. Jeez. Wow. Taskmaster tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, we watched uh, Black Widow the other day. The best part about that movie was, was Blonde Disney Widow. Plus. I mm-hmm. have, I have not watched it, but my brother and I were in uh, Walmart this week, and uh, I, 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 this is two stories to this. We were standing there, we were killing time because we had to do something, and Walmart's are killing time because there's basically only the only thing, not the only thing to do in Chilukathi, but it's easy to do, to go in Walmart. We needed something. And um, this guy was standing there, and Chance was like, "Oh yeah, Black Widow came out." And this guy, nowhere near us, like like half an aisle down, was like, "That movie was terrible. Don't watch it." Our wife and I hated it. And I was like, "Good to know, random sir." And then we helped him look for Mortal Kombat because he was one of the prison guards, and the pri- his prison inmates wanted to see Mortal Kombat, so we helped try to help him find it. Um, so that was fun. And then also, I was looking for Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park is now coming in this bundle. We have all five movies, mm-hmm. and they're only in DVD. And I was like, if I would do it, all five. I didn't know there were five. Yeah, one, oh, two, wait, three. Wait, I forgot about the two. I forgot. There's the, two forgot Jurassic the Worlds. Movies. I yeah. forgot about the Chris Pratt movies. Never mind. He's so cool. And there's gonna yeah, be six. And there's gonna Chris be Pratt's six. So, cool. so I, I was like, I mean, I like the last one. Everyone says it's just dumb, and I was like, I don't like the I, I like the resident evil jurassic park that's 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 i like it but anyways i was like i can't i'd buy it if it was in 4k like i that's the one reason i would buy it right so we're walking by we're walking out of the section and chauncey looks over and it's like hey Ch- hey jam it's in 4k and i was like damn it <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to spend the money but i did yes Pam. oh no i'm just this is one minute in one minute, I gotta start going. So mean. I know. No. I know. I would love right, to launch so... into my recent Walmart story, but I can't. Too too bad I don't have the the speed of a uh, auction. Fifty bucks. And we walk around the corner, and I saw Jurassic Park, and I got it for seventy dollars, seventy dollars, seventy dollars. Yes, I got it for seventy dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was seventy dollars. Next week. I used to actually practice Next that week. voice. I'll I actually tell you used guys to do about that. my worst, the worst yeah. Walmart experience I have ever had, bar none. We should, you know what? We're gonna do time Retail period games, stories. and we're gonna do Walmart stories as an extra, <laughs> just side. <laughs> I, let's do this. Let's do that. I'm sure Sasha will be on board. Retail horror stories. Just because well, I worked at Target a lot as well, and things happened there. Sure, department yes. store horror yes. stories. Yes. With, with, I mean, we have one in Chilgothi, and it's Walmart. We have one. We're a small city. <laughs> okay. There used to be a Kmart. It's gone. Anyways, so thank you guys for listening. Pan is going to kick <laughs> us out the door any second now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to catch you next week. Uh, be sure to follow uh, at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter, at uh, Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitch. 
Um, and then look out. I'm finally going to be doing after 10 months of a hiatus from writing articles. I will probably finish this week. Um, I'm fair way through platinum dragon Bahamut. Uh, I'm excited about this one. It'll probably do terrible. Like my last article, the gold dragon only did 60 and my, my bar of measure is it's, you I'll should, put uh... Reddit. I mean, it's not really a good, not really a good measurement, but yeah. It's all I have. <laughs> you should uh, you should do more homophobic orcs. Get more updates. <laughs> no. Fortwan's no. dying. That's not Fort what I did. Dying. No. Fortwan Fort is not homophobic. He did not. <laughs> it's a running joke between us. He is not a homophobic person, whatsoever. I just no. like to dig at him about this. Because it t it makes him laugh so hard he turned I was... purple. <laughs> <laughs> I like orcs a lot, and then people <laughs> shit all over my article for, and called me racist and homophobic for it. I'm I sorry. Don't, I don't. You colonialist <sighs> bastard! <laughs> but I'm Native American. Doesn't matter, you colonialist bastard. <laughs> I just talked about how we had like camp at Native. <laughs> That we blew into a conch. And I can even tell you how we had conches in our tribe because we were inland. Like, I we was actually wondering about that. Conch. I was super wondering about that. Yeah. No, we actually had a trading route to. We actually came. We real quick history lesson. I know we're supposed to get out. We originated in Mexico. We traveled down the Panhandle of Mexico. We traveled across the Gulf into Florida, and then up into Ohio, right? And then that's why. Um, our, the Shawnee or the Shawandase, as we called ourselves, were called the people of the South Wind because we came from Mexico and Florida. Aha! Uh -huh. And then you didn't have any conches in Ohio, so you had to find somebody to get you a hookup. Mm hmm. And we traded for them. And we also brought some. I was with also kind of wondering if there were conches on the Great Lakes back in the day before we put zebra mussels in it, but I don't know. And then did you, did you guys That's use an interesting the conch? Order for a later date. At. Ace Badger Gaming on Twitter. Did you guys use the conch to decide who got to eat and who didn't? Huh? Did you use the conch to decide who got to the eat and who conch. didn't? The magic conch! May I no. have something to eat, please? Not today. No. I. No, we, we were not, uh, unlike the Europeans would say, we were not starving and barely surviving the whole time. We actually did very well. and We actually got Whoosh. to feed our whole judge. It was a SpongeBob joke. SpongeBob. I but I turned it you around to it. an actual, actual thing that was said about our tribes and how we were uncivilized <laughs> and didn't have enough food. All right. Well, on that note, good night, everybody. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, catch us next week. And, and uh, we don't have a lot of other shows coming up right now. Uh, no magic, no bickering bucks yet. So just this one. Tune in next week as we talk about uh, games in certain time periods and, and Walmart uh, stories. We're going to call it Walmart stories, but like, Target as well. Basically, big box stores. We're going to call it Walmart, stories. but you know what? It's Even if it's not Walmart, the spirit of Walmart was there. <laughs> The fall. The, we we like to now. We have we have devolved into calling it the fart on the wall instead of wall fart. We just call it the fart on the wall. So there you go. Good night. Everybody. Have fun with that. Good night, folks. Good night. Womp, womp.
now you get to go into Walmart and say it's the fart on the wall.